The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychularadio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, March 29th, 2017, and I am your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-host, Brittany Garcia. Hey, everybody. Jeffrey Aruz. Abracadabra, presto changeo, hocus pocus. And Peter Velez. Hey, how's it going? Let's jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 18, titled Abracadabra, which aired March 28, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Abracadabra, an infamous criminal from the 64th century, comes to Central City, stealing from numerous tech companies and killing two guards. Gypsy returns in pursuit of Cadabra to avenge her partner and former lover, so this time it's personal. The team captures Kadabra, who offers them the identity of Savitar in exchange for his freedom. Against Gypsy's wishes, a desperate Joe releases Kadabra, who escapes to Eobard Thawne's time vault and retrieves a power source. Kadabra triggers an explosion which critically injures Caitlyn. Even though becoming Killer Frost could save her life, Caitlyn refuses and talks Julian through surgery to save her. Sisko figures out that Kadabra is stealing tech to build a time machine, so they're on the lookout for a time portal. Gypsy agrees to help them capture Kadabra as he attempts to return to his time with his own time machine. Before being taken to Earth-19, Kadabra tells Barry that out of all the Flash's foes, Savitar was the one who successfully broke him, and then he refuses to give away the secret of Savitar's identity before Gypsy takes him back to Earth-19 for execution. Barry decides the only way to save Iris's life is by traveling to the future so they have a better knowledge of what's to come. And in a chilling final scene, a still-recovering Caitlin loses consciousness and begins convulsing before flatlining. A distraught Julian rips the inhibitor necklace from her neck, which brings her back to life as a fully transformed Killer Frost. And now we have to wait three weeks to see how this all plays out. Let's check in on the ratings for this episode of The Flash. Savitar isn't the only big bad this season. The biggest enemy seems to be low ratings. Flash dropped to 2.36 million viewers and a 0.8 in the demo. That is a new series low, and it hits particularly hard after the show got a big boost last week for the special musical episode. So what did everyone think about the episode? Let's start with you, Brittany. I thought it was fantastic. It was great. I think it had a mix of everything you could want in an episode. A little bit of, like, twists, a little bit of... Um, danger, um, emotion. Well, actually, no, there wasn't a little bit of, there was a lot of emotion going on here. And, um, a really weird, um, I guess, ending 
not the Killer Frost part, because usually what they'll do is they'll have the end of the episode, then the Flash logo comes out, and then they'll have, like, a little mini scene. But this happened five minutes before the end of the episode, so I was so lost. I was like, what is happening? I don't know, and I wanted Jello, and then it just went for, it just went to complete <laughs> horror. Like, it was just... I don't know what was going on, but I loved it. And then we got the surprise of Gypsy, you know, for those uh, for those of us who don't watch the previews for the next episode. So I didn't know she was coming out. So I was like, yay. And then she was a little bit weird. And then I don't know, there was just a lot going on, but I liked it. Like this episode, yeah. I think, sets up for the next couple that we that we're getting. And it just sets it up beautifully, honestly. And I think the twist, what I meant was, of Killer Frost and how she comes to be. So I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, and as you were saying, you know, we sort of get, you know, Barry coming in saying, I'm going to go to the future. And you just naturally assume, well, then we're going to get the Berlanti, uh, you know, uh, slate coming up. And we know the show's over. And it's like, wait, there's still a few minutes left. What the hell are they planning on doing? Uh, Jeffrey, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, that ending was intense and, like, all of you have said so far the, the the surprise that they cut the episode so early to give us that extended scene at the end it was kind of awesome it was like a neat neat little treat and I, i'm not gonna lie i agree with you Brittany. like jello never looked so good like like <laughs> and i don't even like the lime but i was like the lime jello just looked really good um as far as everything else i thought abracadabra was an awesome meta of the week it's been a while since we've really had like a meta of the week that's like part of the a storyline so that was pretty awesome to see kudos to the writers i think that's something that's been severely lacking this season because we've been focused on the sabotage of it all and uh, lots of powerful performances from our actors really bringing the gut-wrenching emotions just from out the gates like that whole talk in the beginning with ha about hamilton like really was so emotionally punched like i, I feel bad for joe's girlfriend because she must have been like why did everyone get sad over hamilton you're supposed to be happy over hamilton but um kudos to for the episode if they were to choose an episode to go on an extended break on this was the perfect one although it does leave us hanging which in one respect mm -hmm. is perfect in the other sense is you bastards yes uh, and it's kind of interesting as you were mentioning this the second uh week in a row that an arrowverse show has mentioned uh hamilton so we'll see if arrow follows up this week or perhaps legends next week uh yes so uh, oliver will start seeing the skyler sisters <laughs> exactly uh, Peter, what did you think of the episode? Uh, well, first of all, I really want to RIP those two security guards. That that was a tough way to go out with the drowning uh, prestige uh, call out. That was RIP those guys. But overall, I felt the episode was it was cool structurally. Uh, I agree with everybody else. It was the longer stinger at the end was pretty like awesome and a great like dramatic scene. To have, uh, it was cool that they gave Caitlin like a, her basically a third of the episode. Uh, also, I, I like the way the camera moved. I felt like that was a little bit different than the way that uh, the Flash is usually filmed. So I liked all that stuff. I uh, wish the Flash would keep going with it, mix it up a bit uh, structure-wise. Yeah, that's a, a great point. Which is that you know this was uh, a, a very uniquely shot episode not just the way they dealt with you know abracadabra and his powers because whenever they have the meta 
But, you know, towards the end of the episode, when they were going into the final scene with Abracadabra and they were showing each of the characters, you know, the innovative camera angles and the approach taken to it uh, was a, a much more creative look than we often expect from, you know, a typical episode of Flash. Uh, like you guys, I enjoyed the episode. I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much. Not because there was anything wrong with the episode, but I'm just really getting tired of the whole, who is Savitar, who is Savitar? And uh, and I realized that the reason they're they're teasing us is that the reveal is probably going to be so big that they can't follow it up. It has to be, you know, a, a season ender or penultimate episode reveal. But I look at Arrow, where they were dealing with a similar situation of who is Prometheus, who is Prometheus. And when they did reveal who Prometheus was, it gave them, you know, a tremendous episode where you know who Prometheus is. And it just opens up a whole host of storytelling possibilities where I felt that they're still sort of, you know, you know, spinning their wheels or if you prefer a flash metaphor running in place, uh, dealing with uh, who Savitar is. But before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, The Central City Chronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Okay, let's start with what did everyone think about this week's baddie, Abracadabra? Peter, let's start with you. Uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, was expecting to not like him. He looked a little bit corny in the trailers, but he uh, he did some cool moves. Didn't expect the I'm going to build the time travel machine coming. So I was like, oh, all right. Nice. I do like that he's from the future. Uh, I think that does open up some story possibilities uh, for him coming coming up. So, yeah, I would totally like to see him come back. It's kind of interesting that, you know, Flash, would, you know, it's not Legends. And Legends is the time-traveling show, but it seems this season, Flash is so obsessed with, you know, time travel, the consequences of time travel, people knowing stuff from the future. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, once again, they, uh, you know, invoked a character from the future. Uh, you know, who has dealt with, you know, uh, Barry in the future and has a history with him, even though that history has yet to be written. Um, Brittany, what did you think of Abracadabra? I liked him. I thought he was intimidating in a really mysterious way because with a name like Abracadabra and that, you know, he uses magic or as they were saying that magic is not really magic, it's actually technology from the far future. So to us, it looks like magic, but there's actually a logical explanation or some kind of technology that we don't know about or don't know how it works. So I really like that they added that, too. It's kind of like people trying to put logic in a, in a show with time travel, but it makes sense. So I, I like I actually like that aspect. That was shady. Um, 
Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people are always asking, well, how can you do this? How does this go make things every week for the new baddie? It's like, well, we actually had an explanation for this guy. Um, and he was, he was, he intrigued me because I wanted to know who Savitar is. I think they've been hyping him up so much that I was hyped up. And I was like, wow, something is happening in this episode that we haven't gotten before, which is somebody knows who Savitar is and he can totally help us. And it's really cool what they do with his character later on where he has his own monologue. And that was actually quite scary in that the talk no jutsu from Barry did not work. And I just it just adds a lot more flavor to this guy. But if I feel kind of sad that um, he does end up dying or that that's what they're that's the assumption that he's going to go and get executed. Um, and we might not see him again. I, I'm kind of sad about that. I would like to see him again uh, again. Or uh, maybe another iteration of him uh, before he dies or something, because I really enjoyed him. I mean, they they use magic in a dark way here, especially how Peter was saying that opening scene with uh, we see what he's made of, and that was like crazy. I I, I just enjoy magic stuff. I, I am a fan of Chris Angel. I used to watch his show all the time. You know, The Ooh. Illusionist. So um, the Mind I Freak. Just, yeah, Mind Freak. Yes, I enjoyed all of that. So this was really fun and like Jeff was saying we haven't seen a uh, baddie of the week in a long time that really got us like oh I like this guy so I, I enjoyed him a lot okay I'm going to do a mind freak now I sense that one of you wants to say something is it Jeffrey <gasps> it is uh, you should have your own Vegas mind show freak. yes <laughs> Professor X the mind freak synonymous i think i don't know um i thought you know kudos all around i thought he was a really great uh meta of the week and uh kind of like what, what Brittany just said i mean we haven't had a meta in a long ass time so to bring a meta this strong not necessarily power wise although the powers were like really cool but i mean just so intimidating creepy knowledgeable of exactly what's going on i thought i thought they did a really great job with him in particular like like he was fantastic and it is a shame that uh he might not be back maybe he will i mean he is uh magic-y so uh maybe he magics away so that he can survive and come back and wreak havoc once again but if he is just a one and done meta i think they did just a fantastic job with him as a whole like every scene that he was in uh, he commanded uh, your attention and uh, he certainly was a a looming threat throughout the entire episode and a tempting threat because of uh, what he knew because he certainly made some of our characters uh, go sort of like the desperate route in, in trying to find out what he knew about Savitar Good point. And for those of you who are worrying about, you know, can we see uh, Abercrombie again? Remember, he's born in the 64th century. All the stuff with Barry has yet to happen from his point of view. So, you know, in terms of time, he's still out there. So he's well, still uh, you know, a viable character. We'll get younger uh, Kadabra. You know, I found a little interesting about him was that, you know, he was another example of someone who just wanted to go home. You know, and, and isn't that, you know, same thing that, you know, Eobard Thawne was doing? Uh, one thing that I like about the comic book version uh, of Abracadabra uh, as a difference of that is that he's, you know, such a narcissist that he wants to be, you know, regarded as the greatest magician ever. So he travels back in time to use advanced technology from the future to seem like 
a great magician. But he's basically just in it. You know, he, 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 I think they could have done more if they sort of played up that aspect of it. You know, like him, you know, taking to social media and trying to become a celebrity or something like that. Um, so, you know, I found his, his motivation a little something that we've seen before. Uh, and I mean, I get it. You know, if you're from the 64th century, why would you want to be here in 2017? But that was about the only thing that, that bothered me about it. But I did like the fact that you have a character who is, you know, to all intents and purposes, magical. Uh, you know, and I like the fact that that gave them, you know, a lot of options for how they portrayed his powers uh, and what they did with it. And with that in mind, what did you think about that first fight between Barry and Kadabra and uh, how they demonstrated his powers? Uh, Jeffrey, let's start with you. I thought it was really neat. I mean, even before that, with uh, the two guys, the security guards that, uh, I guess, touched Peter's heart. Um <laughs> because he gave him a shout out, which I thought was was awesome. It's a, it's a tough way to go out. Have you, have you seen? Have you watched the Prestige? Yes, I have, yeah. and it is. They, it's a tough way. I'm, I was like, damn, the Flash. That's cold. But yeah, that's true. There's this classic cult classic horror movie from the '70s about a, a ventriloquist dummy, and one of the the quotes from the trailer of that movie is, "Magic is fun when you're dead." So, oh my god, no, not that movie. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. No, you know how I feel about creepy puppets. Oh, yes. I'm, right now. now I'm going to send you that trailer No. at some point in the near future, but you will never know until you click it. No, I don't know what I'm saying. But, but like, just seeing his powers, like that little taste of it, like what he was doing, like, and the way, like, the effect of his power is, because it, it was... I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost as if it was it's like a breach come to life, uh, you know, because it's just this weird energy source that uh, he uses to manipulate what's around him. Like that was neat to see and then like having an actual fight with the Flash and like using like magical trick type of stuff to fight with. I thought was like was really neat to see, in my opinion. And, uh, of course, I mean, his introduction to The Flash was, oh, Barry Allen, I know who you are, I know about everything that's going on with you, oh yeah, you know, your loss, and, and whatnot, and Savitar. Like, he did all that to throw Barry off his game, and um, that on top of the magic uh, tricks, magic tricks, you know, uh, attack, was really interesting and, and fun to see, to be quite honest. And of course, the power of the magician is, you know, he or she is the only one who knows how the trick is being done. So they're always that one step ahead of you, which mm -hmm. is something that was played out in this episode. Peter, what did you think about uh, that first uh, fight between Barry and Kadabra? I liked it. I thought it was cool. Uh, the arm thing, I think, I thought it was a cool little running gag they had. Uh, although I feel, I feel like it got more realistic looking as it... Uh, <laughs> more was uh the more on screen it was the more realistic looking it got maybe that was just me but uh, i i liked it that it was cool a little sh uh, sleight of hand uh shout outs uh i love that their answer to it like how does he do it and just like eh, nanotechnology whatever uh super cool just like little comic book gloss over how did he do it nanotechnology magic sweet and that uh, he actually does make a little disappearing acts no they're actually disappearing with nanotechnology 
Well, Caitlin said, you know, specifically referenced, you know, Clark's third law that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And in the same way that, you know, if magic existed, you know, stuff would be happening in our daily lives and we just sort of shrug our shoulders and go, eh, magic. You know, they basically shrug their shoulders and go, eh, you know, nanotech. <laughs> in the, or, you know, earlier in the episode, eh, it's a meta. You know, you just sort of have to, you know, as, you know, Stanley said when he created the mutants, you know, he didn't have to explain their powers. He just had to say, it's a mutant. Just, you, know, you accept it because it is in that category. Uh, Brittany, what did you think about the first fight? I thought it was great. I think the thing that caught my eye the most is um, it looked like Abracadabra was kind of taken, um, well, not taken aback, but he was kind of surprised to see Barry there, but not so much Barry, but the Barry, he, the, the present Barry. Like, he was like, oh, you know, you're so young, and it looks like you don't even grow any, you know, facial hair, you know? Like, it just, it surprised him to see that berry there, because he's used to the, the other berry that he knows in the future. So, I think right there, that tells you ahead of time that whatever he knows is definitely not a lie. I think he does know some stuff. Maybe not everything that we want to know, but he knows enough. And anything at this point can really help us considering we just found out in this episode as well that nothing in the future has changed it's still the same even with all the uh progress we've made in the past couple episodes whether um you know the grod gorilla city attack and music meister stuff so it's kind of sad because i had mentioned this a couple episodes ago that i was hoping we would vibe back into the future and see like hey well what did we change because we've changed some of the headlines so what have we changed and apparently nothing so that introduction of him when he's talking to barry and telling him he knows things um i think was like jeffrey was saying to throw off uh barry's game but i also think it was very true so i feel like he had nothing to to lose here but everything to gain so that was great and then he did like his little gambit card trick thing and i love that that's my yes. gambit Gambit is life. Gambit is Bay. I love him. So I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And it was just, it was nice. And like Peter was saying, the arm thing—that was probably my, uh, the funniest thing ever. I just love Barry's reaction to weird things. Is like, is gives me life. Like last week's episode with the duet, where he's like, "Where did your coat go?" You know, like stuff like that just makes me love Barry, even though I hate him a lot. <laughs> as bad as that sounds, but that's like the Barry I like to see all the time. So this. This gave you a sense of, of fun, but also curiosity, because you're like, does, does this guy really know something? Is he is he going to tell us? It's probably the bigger question. So it was just a lot of little fun stuff, and um, it get it gets a little heavier later. But I really like that first confrontation. Yeah, I just want to weigh in here with the observation. I totally don't get why people like Gambit. I think he's a total loser character, I, and I realize there are passionate Gambit fans. I just do not get it. I've never gotten it. He's a loser who throws cards at people. Anyway. Oh I um, will say he is whoa, a fun character whoa, to use uh, whoa, on Marvel's whoa. Contest of Champions. Yeah, uh, well, perhaps. But, you know, perhaps growing up in Canada, you know, I'm you know more familiar with uh, French accents. So I don't just go, oh, you've got a French accent. You must be super cool. No, he's, he's, he's a total loser. Anyway, uh, moving on from that. So, uh, but again, that scene, you know, was great. And one that thing hit that close to home for X. You're, you're talking about, uh, you know, um, Cadabra, someone who's faced off uh, against Barry in the future and, and, you know, makes that reference to, you know, how he's different. It's kind of interesting because, you know, later in the episode, he does talk about the idea of Savitar being the only one who ever truly broke uh, Barry. 
and it raises the the possibility that perhaps the berry that he will encounter in the future and the, the berry that everyone will encounter in the future is different as a result of this conflict with Savitar. Uh, which again, you know, uh, becomes interesting, you know, looking at uh, how they're going to deal with that going forward. Yeah. Can I ask um, a weird question? As long as it has nothing to do with Gambit, sure. Yes, it does not. <laughs> that hit close to home for X, everybody. Um, <laughs> I like it hit close to home for a lot of people, let's just say. Oh, oh, well, damn. Oh, wow. It's a touchy subject, Brittany. So that means you have to bring it up more often. No, okay. um, so... You mentioned Abracadabra listing off the foes of uh, uh, Zoom, Thon, Savitar. He mentioned DeVoe. Who was DeVoe? Was that like a uh, tease DeVoe for the future was, or uh, no? Members of Belle Biv DeVoe. A, yes. Uh, a boy band from the 80s and 90s. Yes, so that girl is poison. That girl is poison. involved in this. That's yeah. Hilarious. So, so is that a tease? Is that a, a tease button, for the smile. future? Uh, devote well in terms of comic books, and, and again, this could be totally one of those ones that they just throw a name in, hoping that we'll all jump towards it. But the name Devote does belong to a uh, a character from the Flashes, not quite the Rogues Gallery, but a uh, an occasional uh, Rogue um, uh, named the Thinker, uh, who is like a, a you know super hyper intelligent. And so you know, it's possible they're setting that up as the uh, the season four big bad. Um, or it could just be, you know, something they threw in there as, as a little uh, taunt to us, like uh, making Adrian Chase so that we would all think that Adrian Chase had to be the vigilante. Well, the reason that I was asking, and I'm glad that you gave the backstory, because they did cast someone who's going to be on The Flash that uh, the option was that they would return next season. It's a female. I don't remember if they gave a character name, but she's supposed to be really, really smart. Good point. They they did mention that, and there is certainly the possibility that she could become uh, that uh, going forward. And and again, one thing we do know about uh, the next season is that uh, Berlanti has said it will not be a speedster that he's facing. Thank so the going heavens. up against someone who is hyper intelligent could be interesting. And the other thing too is you know one thing that we're forgetting about Barry is that you know we learned from Barry you know back in season one that Barry is supposed to be like. In the future, super genius. I mean, he creates Gideon. He he does all of this amazing stuff, you know, uh, as Barry Allen. But we haven't really been seeing him, you know, fighting with his brain uh, this season. So perhaps that's something that will lead him to, you know, uh, explore that. You know, what, again, you know, one of the things in the comics that they uh, that they have established is that, you know, when you do tap into the Speed Force, it's not just that you move fast is that your brain can be that fast. So, you know, if he was sitting still and tapped in the speed force, he could be thinking at, you know, a thousand or a hundred thousand times the speed that we think. And again, that's something that they haven't really dealt with, but it's something they they could bring up going forward. Um, so, dealing with uh, comic book characters, uh, beginning with the name of G, let's talk about Gypsy, not Gambit. Uh, what do you guys think about the uh, return of Gypsy in this episode? Uh, Jeffrey, let's start with you. I thought it was cool. There was certainly something off from her from out the gate. Uh, it seemed as if uh, she was taking a lot of what was going on with Abracadabra, like personally, like she had some sort of um, 
stronger reason for capturing him than, you know, just he's a breacher that's traveling through worlds and I've got to arrest him for that. So there was immediately something off. Her entire scenes with Cisco before, like, the big reveal were were kind of weird like i i i guess i understand why she wouldn't be that eager to open up about it because it, it, even though it happened uh, a long time ago basically abracadabra murdered her partner slash partner um like i i just wish that she would have uh like it like the scenes were kind of awkward like how they were were done when she hadn't revealed that information like i i wish that she would have been a little bit more forthcoming about it and you know maybe like like i don't know i just like i thought that was off like character wise maybe i don't know i don't know if anyone else agrees but i just thought it was a little weird like i feel like if they would have gotten that out like from the beginning then they could have taken the story with her and cisco and maybe a, a little bit more of a different direction than just oh you know uh, you know it was my partner and i don't know I, I don't really know if i'm conveying what i'm trying to say right but it just it fell off did anyone else feel that or was it just me uh peter what did you think about the return of everyone's favorite dimension hopping uh bounty hunter i always feel like i uh, don't love the gypsy appearances as much as I want to. I do feel like this uh, episode does add a kind of weird hiccup to her and Cisco's relationship that I, I guess I can sort of see why they would do it, but I don't know. It's not my favorite choice. Uh, it was fun to watch her be a cop and kind of call out Joe West. Nobody ever really calls out Joe West on uh, anything. I guess he rarely makes mistakes because he's Joe West, a.k.a. the best. So... Oh, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, it rhymes, so it's true. Uh, Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was fun uh, watching her be a cop uh, and hunt down folks, so... I like I like I like that aspect of her showing up. Would you call her Lady Cop? No, I wouldn't because that's a different character, uh, one worthy of respect. I agree, Professor X. You heard of Lady Cop, right? You know what? You guys have referenced this before. I looked it up, saw the Lady Cop reference, read the Lady Cop reference. I still don't understand what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Brittany, what did you think about Gypsy in this episode? Lady Cop, yes or Lady Cop, no? Lady Cop, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so I love Gypsy. I love it when I loved it when we first saw her, and I know some people were kind of like, "Yeah, she's okay," but then she came back again, and they're like, "Yes," and Cisco and her are really cool. Like there, there's there's some chemistry there. I mean, you can't deny. So we're always wondering, like, why do they keep giving Cisco um, love interests that um, aren't gonna stay on the Flash or keep going away or something? But it seems like Gypsy is sticking, and Jeff, I totally get you when you said that there was something off about her, but I think that was the point. Mm -hmm. I think that Abracadabra messed with her, and like it's kind of like that feeling when uh, you see someone you hate, but you haven't seen them in a long time, so they just come up randomly, and you're like, oh, this is why I hate you. Like, you know, it's just random stuff, you know, I mean, you can grow out of it, but either way, you always have those dark feelings. So for her, after finding out why she's so weird and she's all angsty and she's not 
reciprocating the feeling she did ha- seem to have for Cisco before is because um, Abracadabra got her all crazy. I mean, she he killed somebody she cared about, and that's as much as she wants to catch him and bring him to justice, she's also reliving um, what he took from her. And it's like any more if I'm if, if she's near him any more than she has to be, she's gonna go crazy. And I understand her, but I was also a little disappointed that she wasn't considerate of Iris, um, considering that she is kind of I guess on a you know she she has a connection with Team Flash, most importantly Cisco. So I feel like this could have been like a double arc for her, like her getting her revenge, getting her justice, but also um, understanding that. Team Flash needs him for something. Um, but she does kind of give them their space and then she goes off. But um, I didn't like that they left it open-ended, too open-ended for her and Cisco. But Gypsy was fine. I liked her when she was in the field and um, and Cisco was with her. So it was like Vibe and Gypsy together. Like I've been wanting more Vibe in the, in the field and we've been getting that. So that was great. Um, bring Gypsy back. Fix this stuff with Cisco. Um... And you know what? I, I don't even mind her being added to the team. I would really like that. But if they're not going to do that, then um, just come, just keep coming back, girl. Keep coming back. Come back more often than not. But um, yeah, I, I like Gypsy. I thought she was cool. But she was a little bit too hard this episode. But um, I wish maybe her partner wasn't her lover either. That would have been great if they didn't put that in there. But I guess, you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, well, maybe Cisco almost... likes it hard. And okay. after that, <laughs> getting back to things. Uh, but they basically did this, exactly the same thing with you know, uh, you know, uh, Dinah over on Air, yeah, right? Exactly. He wasn't just my partner; he was my lover. It's like you know what? You're, you're oh, yeah, you that a lot. too often. Yeah. How come uh, your but... partner can't just be your partner? You yeah. Know, like... Like, honestly, people, keep it in your pants when you're at work. Don't yeah. keep your pen in company ink. As we we'll, f- we'll find uh, out on Supergirl. Another one of Maggie's exes was also her lover. Entirely possible. Who knows what John is getting up to with uh, uh, with the uh, the attractive DEO agent with the short hair. Apparently, everyone yes. in the CW is doing that. Wow. Um, but anyway, uh, but uh, Brittany, you were talking about, uh, you know, Gypsy in there and, you know, the conflict. That, that creates after Barry catches Cadabra, they get the offer, set him free, and he'll tell them who Savitar is. And that decision was played against Gypsy wanting to take Cadabra away for execution because of her own, uh, you know, reason that we talked about for doing that. But that kind of raises two questions: one, if that hadn't been an issue, if there hadn't been Gypsy there saying no, you know, I need to take him back, would the team have just let him go in order to get the information about Savitar? Because then you're letting a bad guy go who's killed. You know, as uh, as Peter said, you know, two completely blameless security guards at the beginning of the episode, and also it raises the question that uh, you know, um, well, let's just deal with that one first. Uh, would they have let Cadabra go? Do you think if there hadn't been Gypsy saying, "No, you have to release him to me so I can take him back to uh, to my uh, Earth nineteen, uh, so we can uh, deal with the consequences," Brittany? That's a that's a really good question. I did not sign up for these kinds of questions. Um, I I don't know because if wait wait does this mean more for like for like what Team Flash would do or what um, Gypsy was 
uh, giving them intel about what he's done, or well, more like what would Team Flash have done? So imagine your team. Imagine if Gypsy is never in this episode. So okay. you have a guy who's killed people, okay. um, but he says, "Hey, I know something about Savitar. Let me go, and I'll give you the information." Would they have let a dangerous killer meta go in return for that information? And should they have? I think Ooh. having Gypsy there raises you know the bar there because you've got someone who's in direct conflict. But if if there hadn't been that person saying, "No, release him to me." Uh, you know, and uh, and I'll see the pays for his crimes. But would they have let a bad guy go who was potentially murderous just to, to get this information? And if so, what does that say about them? Yeah, I think there would have been co- like conflicting um, decision making here because from what we see w- with what happens with with Joe, I mean, obviously he tells us his priorities and it didn't matter if Gypsy was there or not. Like he already knew what he was going to do. Barry was struggling with this, but kind of also with Joe, Iris was kind of the person that the voice of reason to say, you know, it is my life, but I don't want you to release like a mass murderer, you know? So, and I don't know where Caitlin and Cisco would have been. I think they would have been more on Iris's side, to be honest. So I think, it would have been a split decision, but more on the side of we can't release him. Um, only because um, it, it doesn't seem like there's too much at stake at the at this point right now. I think Iris is kind of okay. Um, but I don't know if if the, if they were but they are running out of time. So I think that's what probably plays into everything. And we get a we get a really great discussion between Barry and Joe about that. The they feel like they're really helpless right now because there are no more leads. They they vibe into the future, nothing's changed, and there's only two months left. So that would have been a bad decision to do, but I wouldn't blame them. But I still feel bad because that means a lot of collateral damage for this guy for letting him go. But I think they could have been smart and maybe double-crossed him. If they had a plan like that, I think I wouldn't have minded the, uh, their choice to let him go. Um, but I really like the way they did it in this episode, though. Having Joe be the one uh, to to cross the team, it makes a lot of sense with Joe's character. Yeah, I just feel the need to point out to people that you said that Iris seemed okay with it. Iris passed up tickets, free tickets, to see Hamilton. <laughs> exactly. That is not someone who's okay with their pending <laughs> death. Let me just say this to everyone. If anyone offers you tickets to Hamilton for free, even if you think you're going to be dead, you take those tickets because there's a chance you will live. You fools! You fools! Yeah. Uh, and Peter, Peggy. What do you think? <laughs> Peter, what do you think about the uh, the uh, the challenge that the team faced? You know, and if if Gypsy hadn't been there, uh, what do you think they would have done in terms of you know would they have allowed a, a dangerous person to walk free in order to get that information? Hell yeah! Are you kidding me? They've done that like two or three times. Wasn't Barry Allen going to throw, like, everybody from his secret prison onto a plane and let him get away? Or, like, he was just going to, like, ship him somewhere for free? Uh, he let the dude that uh, murdered his mom, like, he was just about to just let him go home. Or first flush. Uh, no, yeah, they definitely would have let him go uh, for the name. Uh, not whether they would have gotten the name. Probably. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. Cadaver did seem to be dragging it out to the last possible moment. Yeah, uh, which made sense uh, with his little last speech to Barry, which I was like, oh, wow, this really is a personal... Well, you really hate this guy, don't you, Abracadabra? It was like, oh, okay, wow. That was uh, not quite expecting that. 
And Jeffrey, what do you think? What would the Team Flash have done if uh, Gypsy hadn't been there? You know, it's like it's a catch twenty two. You could because of like who the character is because he is very you know much a magician presto changeo and all that kind of stuff like you've got to always second guess what he's saying like does he really really know like that would be the part that would be bothering me if i was on team flash like are we sure that he knows something and if he does know something what's to say that he won't trick us and uh you know either escape before saying something or lead us into the opposite direction so it's it's a tough tough decision to make you know i i guess you know if you are sort of pinned against the wall and you only have two months left you kind of have to you know just give it a shot but uh i mean i you know like like you all said uh hopefully you have a backup plan to capture him again if you if if he does end up escaping so it, it's a very difficult decision to make and i can see why each of the characters had uh you know just a different reaction to it and uh, joe i mean joe is a desperate father you know making a a desperate decision and unfortunately or fortunately i guess depending on how you want to see it uh you know gypsy ended up showing up at the right place the wrong time and uh if she had just arrived maybe half a second later you know while you know maybe he would have had the chance to at least said like the first letter of the name like they could have figured it out or something but um you know, we weren't supposed to know, and um, I, I guess that's how they're trying to play it this season. I think they're they're going to do exactly what you said, Professor X. We're going to find out, like, in the penultimate episode, and then, like, the, the finale, everyone's going to know, and it's just going to be a shocker. Really? I what if they what if they find out in next week's episode? I just said right now that I don't watch the previews, but I did watch the preview for next one. Ooh. So. Although next week's episode is, of course, three weeks from now. Oh, so. well, yes, of course. So it is yes. in the future. Because he yes, oh, has the traveled future. to the future. Three wow. weeks into the future. Yeah, oh my god, so... time travel works. So then... Okay, so then you think that they're going to find out in the penultimate. I think they might find out sooner, to be honest. That'd be kind of cool. They but could. If they don't... Um, before we get to that, uh, and I do want to talk about uh, Joe and Joe's decision, because that was you know, an interesting character point. In the episode, before we get to that, this is just a totally out of left field question. Uh, so the Flash team has Abracadabra, uh, you know, you know, in, uh, you know, uh, uh, in jail, uh, and they release him to someone who's going to kill him or have him killed. Is there any moral problem with that? That they're, you know, because the Flash team doesn't kill anyone, but is it apparently okay to release someone who is certainly going to die as a direct result of your actions, Jeffrey? Oh, gosh. Why are you giving me the moral dilemma question? Hey, you know what? I gave Brittany a hard question. Now I'm giving you a hard one. Well, Brittany has a chance to think. Oh, okay. Oh, that's insulting. But um, for her. Uh, oh, gosh. It's like, it, it's just that difficult decision. It's like, what do you do? And, like, Joe made the decision, you know, let him go because he needs to save his baby. But, like, he is... Number one, a thief and a murderer. It's just, it, it's, 
Like, like the right mass thing. Murderer. I know a mass murderer. Like the right According thing to do to is. See, they don't know for sure. Well, yes. Oh, you're saying she's tainted. Um. Hashtag alternate facts, people. Oh gosh. People. Um, like it's it's a difficult decision because it's 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 like it's weighing the life of a loved one versus the lives lost of others that you didn't know. And so, I mean, Joe made the decision. I'm not going to fault him for it. It's his daughter. I don't know if I I could have made that decision. Like, I, I mean, I've never been put in that situation. But that I just I feel for all of the characters that had to go through that because it's like, in particular, I mean, Barry was going over it in his head, and you know, he had that point at the end uh, where he just finally was like no you know he needs to he needs to go he needs to pay for his crimes and although he was trying to do what is it what do you call it um Brittany talk no jutsu talk no jutsu yes from Naruto there you go he was trying to do that but it obviously it didn't work um because uh abracadabra has no heart uh Peter what'd you think uh any thoughts about the decision just send a guy off to certainly be put to death um, I think that's, you know, probably a pretty hard decision, but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, what are they going to do? Argue with a, con- a different cop? I'm sure Jetsy could probably take a look at our justice system and point out some pretty big flaws. So, who's to say? It's, uh, you know, it's a whole thing. Uh, as for morally, you know, I completely get where Joe's coming from. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with uh, what Jeffrey said. And but, Brittany, of course, is a fiend in barely human shape, so I, I'll just go through the process of asking the question. Brittany, any problems with sending a guy off to be certainly put to death? Not, No, not this guy in particular. I don't think so. I think one of the things that really stuck with me when Gypsy first came um, in, in the earlier episodes of Flash when we first, you know, get introduced to her and stuff... She explains that they have their own rules and, you know, she has to follow the law. And some of those rules are, well, the rule for HR, you know, who wasn't in this episode, thank God. Um, he, he was at the end. Yeah, well, eh, not important. <laughs> he, was so, he was so unimportant that whatever. Um, that's because he's out being Savitar behind their back. I, right, that's what it is. Um so he was jumping the breaches, or he's not supposed to. What was it? Um, I can't. Wow, well, I can't think of the word. He's not supposed to jump. Go between breach Earth. jump. Right. Is it breach jumps or the Whatever. the Earth thing? You know, going through different Earths. Uh, you're not supposed to do that. So for him to die for that, that's kind of that feels really extreme. Even with the reasoning that Gypsy gave us for that law. I think they were so, putting him to death for killing a bunch of people, not for jumping breaches, because he was no, a native well, that, of Earth-19. She's trying to compare what, Wells with uh, Kadar. Oh, I get it, yes. Your hatred of HR, who you want yes, to <laughs> Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes. So his was, it made sense for the team, you know, getting to know him and wanting to save him, and, you know, they're like, he's not a bad person, he shouldn't die for this law, even though that's what it is, but they did the right thing, and they saved him, but this guy is everything that we don't allow, that we don't like, and that just after meeting him and seeing him and talking to him, you know this guy doesn't doesn't care. He's, his mindset it is, is exactly like Eobarthan when he was first here. I mean, he said he grew close to Cisco, but he still would have killed him if he 
you know, crossed him. So you can tell that these people from the future, they don't give a fuck. That they just, that, you know, they don't. Um, and this guy just wants to go home, but it doesn't matter for collateral damage. It does matter. So I think them letting him go to go and be tried made a lot of sense in that in the circumstances. Um, and I guess it depends on your moral ground, too. If you think that mass murder and, uh, you know, theft is not a bad thing, well, then maybe he didn't deserve to be sent over there. But if you don't like it and it's wrong, then I think it was a good idea. And in the end, let's not forget, Abracadabra, 64th century techno-mage, mass murderer, he's still a guy who, you know, bleaches his hair. And while it's not quite <laughs> as bad as frosting your oh, when you're a guy, gosh. I think we can all agree, for that alone, he deserved to die. But, yeah. in the end, it was Joe who was the one who let Cadaver go. Joe who is the moral center of the show. Joe who is, as was you know referred to earlier in the episode, Joe is the one who is always right. Joe West is best. Joe is the father figure. So what did you think about that decision when it happened? That it was Joe who showed up. And it was Cadaver who said, I knew you'd show up. And there it was. It was Joe who was saying, I'll let you go if you give me the information. Peter, what did you think about that? I think it made total sense. Uh, we definitely know Joe West as a devoted father. And it it doesn't really surprise me that he's a father first and a cop second. I uh, especially can see, especially when it's so close and right there. I, I, I definitely believe that Joe would make that failing. I also believe that Joe West would probably yell at Joe West for making that fail, uh, moral failing. Uh, so it's a, it was a human situation that I think we all would uh, agree with, we would agree with him in the, that part. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that you know Joe did what he had to do, but I think if. Joe had been seeing anyone else do that. You can see him, you know, reacting kind of the way Gypsy did. Uh, Brittany, what did you think about uh, Joe being the one who let Cadaver go? I liked it. I think it was like a mini twist because some people could predict that it would have been Joe. And some others are kind of like pleasantly surprised. You know, where we're like, oh, okay, Joe. But, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like even, even though Barry has done some questionable things... To save the people he loves or for selfish reasons i think um joe is capable of doing the same thing but going like a step further and i think this was like this was joe showing us like the lengths he's gonna go to to save his daughter i mean considering you know he's a detective he doesn't have powers he doesn't have much to offer and he kind of talks about that later on in the episode when he has his heart to heart with iris so this being the only option for him makes sense. And I think it could have worked out in a good way, too, if Gypsy hadn't interrupted him. Um, all they needed was the name. And if um, Abracadabra, like, poofed away or whatever, they could still have time to capture him again and get him. So it's like we could have had, like, a win-win. Uh, but it just, you know, blew up in our face. But I like that it was Joe and it makes a lot of sense it was very in character of joe west and anytime joe is passionate about something i'm with him so i love joe and this makes me really sad if he is gonna be the one to die in this season britney's been Lord trying to please. kill joe since like I, the first episode I, this season claims to love joe she's been killing him for like what yeah i don't want now. to but this is what this is what i mean by the lengths he would go to save iris and i feel like here he kind of betrayed the trust of everybody just because he wants he wants to save her and he felt like there's no other way and that kind of 
foreshadows if it's going to happen that he would indeed sacrifice himself to save Iris. Yeah. Why do people need to die on all these damn shows I every don't year? Know. Supergirl is the is the one that want it. has oh we want Brittany wants it. Oh. <laughs> I think Supergirl is the only one that's like been safe from that yet. But now that it's on the CW, I have a feeling they're gonna have to kill somebody. Oh man, that would suck. Uh, Jeffrey, what did you think about uh, Joe's decision? Well, I'm not trying to kill Joe. I'm just going to put that out there. You well, you're not. A I don't monster. want Joe to die. Just a you're trying to put Joe rest, Joe West to rest. Oh, oh. God! No, He'll be here God. all week, listeners. He'll be here all week with his uh, spoken word poetry slam. Yeah, well, one rhyme every 45 minutes. There you go. Um, I, you know, I, I can't fault Joe. He's a parent. He's trying to save his baby girl. Like, I, I get it. Although, uh, certainly, much like what Peter said, you know, Joe, Joe would have given this Joe, like, a stern talking to. Like, hey, what are you doing, buddy? You know, that's not right. Um, truth, justice, and the American way, and all that kind of stuff. But I completely understand why he did it. I mean, he's trying to save his daughter, and it's two months, and like that entire scene at the beginning of the episode with Hamilton and July, and everyone like, oh crap, that July is after May, right? Oh no, she's going to be dead for uh, two months, and and like you know, it's it's just it's difficult and i can't fault the man but I, i'm glad uh, you know at least gypsy had the talk like hey man like you can't do that like this is a mass murderer and he needs to pay for his crimes like you can't just set him free so can't fault the man totally understand why he did it um yeah but you know uh, i mean abracadabra did end up getting caught anyway and he's gonna go pay for his crimes so we think Although, two things on that. Just I want to segue to what you said, but uh, it was nice having uh, Gypsy there to be the one because no one on the team could really have challenged Joe. Uh, but having Gypsy as sort of the outsider who had her own, you know, she was there. She could basically play the Joe, the role that Joe would have played to anyone else, saying, how could you do that? But more, you know, in terms of what you were saying, you know, yes, you know, he was eventually captured, but because Joe let him go, because he escaped, that led to... Caitlin being badly injured during Cadabra's escape. So what I want to do is ask you guys, any thoughts about uh, the surgery scene or about uh, how you feel Julian and Caitlin's relationship was developing prior to the big reveal at the end? And Peter, let's start with you. If you can stop yourself from making any puns. <laughs> uh, I wasn't making puns, I was rhyming. All right, puns, Good point. I you know, do... even as I said, I thought right. to myself, damn it, it wasn't a pun. It God. A yes, but okay, now fine. you're free to make Drop puns. some mad rhymes on us, Peter. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, there sure were a lot of explosions to the chest for uh, Caitlin Snow and Julian. Uh, I felt like every 20 minutes or so, some, they were just taking grenades, getting flung across. Uh, it, it was, they were beautifully shot both times, uh, they were, but it was weird to see them just get blown up a lot by this magic guy. Uh, I like, <laughs> yeah, that uh, is but, true. I mean, go back and watch them. There's just like two explosions where you just see Danielle Panabaker just go flying across the room. Uh, it's uh, like, whoa, no wonder you're not getting seriously hurt like week after week. Uh, but I did like the... Uh, 
progress in uh, Julian and Caitlyn's relationship. And it was it was cool cool to see the surgery scene. Uh, it was very tense, uh, as uh, all good bloody surgery scenes should be. Uh, yeah, well shot, and I, I like the way they did it. It was good. Uh, I'm glad that they were able to make progress. Until later, ellipses. Dum dum dum. And Jeffrey, what did you think? Not gonna lie, like when the second explosion happened, like I thought to myself, I was like, Julian just got patched up, and, and like he's gonna be hurt again. And then obviously there was the big reveal that Caitlyn had a pipe through her gut, um, and that's no bueno. Uh, I liked that their relationship was a little bit, sorry, icy in the beginning, um, but that was coming from uh, Julian. And, and, like, that scene where it was like, oh, you know, you had mentioned you had never seen the opera and I got you opera tickets, but that was certainly before, you know, incident uh, number stone. And, uh, like, I was like, oh, but then, you know, they sort of reconciled and, and it seemed as if they were going to be headed into a better place. But then, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Brittany, what did you think about uh, all of that? Trying as hard as you can to avoid making a, a terrible frost or ice-based pun. I mean, I'm really bad with puns unless it just like comes out naturally. But no, um, no rhyming either. You can't run. That's my thing. Yeah, no. Oh rhyming, my god! No puns. And no, no talking about gambit. Oh god! Oh, wow! God. I feel like gambit I'm more like shambit. Uh, oh my god! All these restrictions. Gambit. What is Damn this? Bit. Oh my god. Um, this quite a ham bit. Sorry. Sorry. I quit. I don't I even know what right that means. <laughs> I just, I quit. Um, the okay. bit is a ham no. Oh my god. The first thing is uh, Julian and Caitlin. Um, you guys know me as the shipper. I will come in like a wrecking ball. And I will Like be... Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'll talk about ships all day long. Um... But Julian and Caitlyn, I didn't really, I don't really care for, but I'm, I see it. I see them um, finally coming into their own, and this is probably the slowest Caitlyn relationship we've ever gotten. So props to them, they're writing something right uh, up until he dies, you know, which he probably will. I'd be, I, I will. <laughs> Britney's killing half the cast. I'm There's just saying. There's no one left on the show <laughs> next season, for God's sake. I'll be pleasantly surprised if they do not kill Draco um, and we have him again for next year. That'd be really great. But um, they, they're they working their way. I, I really liked uh, Caitlyn's uh, apology to Julian when she's patching him up and she's saying, you know, I was so busy focused on trying not to hurt you as Killer Frost that I forgot I could hurt you as Caitlyn Snow. I thought that was a really powerful quote from the episode. Um... And I love that, I really, I love the cliche, you know, if the person you love is injured or dying, the other one's going to forget all the problems and they're going to just, you know, be together. And it, it kind of, it's kind of, it kind of wakes you up, you know, like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be upset about petty things or things that I don't understand or didn't try to understand. So, um, there's them, they're, they, they are fine. I'm rooting for them, but because he's going to die, I'm not too invested, <laughs> but I do think that their moments are very cute. 
So um, there's that. There's the ship stuff. The the self operation thing. I must be new to this. I have never seen it in any of the shows I've watched, or if I have, I forgot. Apparently, a lot of people didn't like that. Um, I guess they like medical dramas with that stuff. I don't know, but I thought this was really cool. Um, and really interesting and just so nerve wracking. I was like as scared as Julian when he was operating on her. I was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna die. Um, this is crazy. And to be honest, even though the ending was like a surprise, I also had like a hint of it coming because since he's not, he doesn't know how to operate, I felt like something was gonna go wrong later. So it was weird. And also, why was Iris the one that was his assistant? That was really weird. I thought it would have been like Barry. I feel like Barry's more like, he would be a lot more steadier with that. But I don't know. Maybe that was just me. I thought that was really random of Iris to, to be there. But whatever, you know, they did it. And it was just, I, I didn't mind the scene. I thought it was really awesome and really brave of Caitlyn. I feel like Caitlyn doesn't get a lot of love in the show. And I feel like she should because she's awesome. Yeah, I think one thing we've mentioned is that, you know, they have consistently underwritten her. One nice thing is that, you know, when they introduce Killer Frost, at least, you know, Daniel Panabaker gets the chance to yeah. do some more acting. They they tend to give her a lot more to do when they make her evil. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, plays out going forward. Uh, just before the, uh, the ending that we were talking about, we got a great scene between Iris and Joe. Just one of those sitting on the couch, father-daughter moments. And, when, you know... Even though I'd sort of question what Joe did earlier, you know, having him have that scene, uh, you know, with Iris really made me appreciate what he did. What did you guys think of that uh, that little moment between Joe and Iris where Joe was finally able to unload everything that he's dealing with in terms of, you know, what he knows about the future? Uh, Brittany, let's start with you. Oh, it was so beautiful. Um, I mean, say what you will about these shows that, you know, it's comic books and it's the plot lines that are interesting. I'm like, yeah, it is. But what really draws you in there is the relationships and the characters and um, it, the connection you feel with them. I mean, you can hate a character, but you can also love characters. And it's those relationships that's going to make you feel something and root for them. So one of the best, I would say, um, parent-daughter-son um, relationship is just, it's awesome. Um, it's just... Joe West is amazing. I love him and I don't want him to die, but... Um, and yet every week you keep talking about how he's going it's, to die. It's like, it doesn't these, seem like it. These, these seems, it's because these scenes are giving me either fuel that my theory is correct, or they're just, you know, the heartwarming scenes that we need, in, that, that dry flash, I mean, because they keep killing every other parent or mentor figure, so I'm like, there's only one more left, so I mean, they're gonna go for him. Um, I hope not, but that scene was incredible, and it also gives you insight as to why Joe does what he does earlier in the episode. It's because he feels utterly powerless. He doesn't know how to help his daughter, aside from trying to spend a lot of time with her. It's like, what else can I do to save you? Uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an inventor, and you know, I don't have powers. You know, what, what can I do? And he's there, and he's drinking. He's in his robe. And she leans on him. And it's just, it's such a beautiful moment and really heartbreaking. 
<laughs> I hope that he doesn't die, but that's what it seems like to me that we're getting these moments because it's going to lead to that. But if not, it just shows a really powerful relationship and creepy, creepy ass Barry in the background listening to everything. I thought that he kind of scared me when he came out, but <laughs> he came out of nowhere. I know what to do. I was like, where did you come from? Like, I don't, I was Barry in that moment. I was like, what? Where did you come from? But it was a beautiful scene. Props to uh, Candice and um, Jesse for that beautiful scene. Uh, Peter, what did you think of that scene? I mean, you know, I said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, Joe West is best. Uh, it was a great and scene. just to go uh, on the record, you don't want him to die. Oh, my God. Unlike some oh, people I could mention. No, 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 no. Uh, whenever I used to talk about Joe West, I like to talk about Joe West uh, as if he's going to stay in the living and remain in the living as long as possible because I wish no ill on Joe West or any of the West family. Uh Unlike possible other co-hosts. Yeah, Not mentioning any names, of course. <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was a good scene. Uh, Rhymes with uh, Christy. Think... <laughs> okay. I, I, I think uh, the episode overall was uh, really good for Iris's character as well. Uh, I think she it was great of her to be, sort of chip in and like be the uh, blood person. Uh, she was also right in Abracadabra's face along with everyone else. Uh, so it was good to see Iris have stuff to do. And I completely agree with Brittany on... That was yeah, really weird of just Barry Allen just standing in the corner. Like, we know you can do that, Barry, but don't. And Jeffrey, what did you think of that little scene? Well, I think uh, my co-host sort of covered it all. So I, I will just say that i echo uh both of your feelings minus uh britney's sort of homicidal feelings against uh joe west and and i will say just any scene with jesse l martin sort of like bringing the emotions brings the emotions in all of us like it was just a powerful scene of a father and his daughter you know uh basically you know, pouring his heart out and and um you know, just allowing all the emotions to come out of like what he's experiencing since he learned of uh, what her supposed fate will be. And with that in mind, um, I guess we may as well move along to the uh, the big killer frost reveal at the end of it. Uh, which is that, you know, in order, and again, you know, I, I you know, I, I wasn't as taken aback by this as I might have been simply because, you know, there was that line that uh, had been mentioned earlier in the episode that, you know, they, they were basically foreshadowing it. That was a little clumsy, you know, but I guess it had to be done so that we would understand why simply removing um, the repressor would uh, allow her to survive. Uh, but obviously it gives us a, a big cliffhanger as we wait three weeks for the episodes to return. Two questions. Were you at all surprised by what happened in that final scene that opened up? You know, so, you know, light with, you know, uh, the return of HR and, you know, lime jello. Uh, and what do you think will happen next for Caitlin? Jeffrey, let's start with you. Surprised a little, but yet not. Just because earlier in the episode, when they were in the room with the, um, it's not a blackboard, with the clear board, they actually panned to Killer Frost 
still at large, and Caitlin was looking all nervous. So that kind of spoiled it just a teeny tiny bit. But I'm still of the ilk that's like, why does she have to turn evil when she gets her meta powers? Because not every meta is evil, obviously, because there are a lot of metas that are on the team and that are associated with the team that aren't evil. So I'm, I'm still slightly confused as to why, when she has her frosty abilities, she has to 100% be evil. Other than that, uh, I mean, I thought it was kind of awesome, in a sense, because she was about to die, and he pulled it off, they were like, no, and, you know, she had said, like, many times, like, you know, if I die, you know, let me die, you know, if I'm, I'm about to die, I don't want to become Killer Frost, and then, of course, uh, you know, Julian had all these emotional moments with Caitlyn, so he wants to save her, I'm not going to let her die, and rips it off, and then we don't know what's happening, and then all of a sudden, she's getting better, and then, you know, she gets cold, and then she gets really cold. And uh, so, bam. would you say that, in a certain sense, Caitlin suffered a fate, Savitar, worse than death? There you go. Well, no, I thought that they had already said that Wally. Exactly. Didn't we mm -hmm. always think that that was what they were saying about Wally? But didn't the same, you know, didn't a fate worse than death just happen to Caitlin? There you go. Unless they find some way to bring her back, which well, well and what so. if it is? What if you know? And this is just a crazy thought out of nowhere because we'd all sort of agreed that you know one will betray you. We assume that was Caitlin, uh, withholding a piece of philosopher's stone, and Caitlin is also suffering perhaps the fate worse than death. What if Caitlin is also the one to fall? What if it is one who will be all three of the elements of the prediction? Oh, so oh. now Professor X is killing somebody. I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying, I'm just blowing your mind. Uh, Peter, what did you think about the final scene with uh, the uh, the killer going full Killer Frost, and what do you think it portends for Caitlyn's future? Uh, I agree with Jeffrey. You can also put me on the team of why is Caitlyn evil, but yes. uh, even as they were, yeah, even as they were doing it, though, uh, like I, once I realized what was happening, uh, it was so, like, well done, and emotional that I, it kind of won me over i was like okay if it, if you're gonna do it at least they did it big and uh I'll, yeah i'll say that and it's for caitlin's future um i don't know it would be interesting to see how long they keep her like this uh whether or not it'll be an episode or a whole arc and Brittany, I know you're just going to say that killer frost is going to kill joe west but i'll go through the motions of asking the question <laughs> What do you, what did you think about the scene, and what do you think uh, we'll see in the future for chaos? I thought it was super powerful. It was great. I still find it odd that they they cut it. Um, they cut the flash like weirdly with um, five minutes left to the episode, and we're back at the hospital scene. So when we did that, I was like, oh no, 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 no. But I did. I wasn't sure what was gonna happen. It wasn't that I knew she was gonna be Killer Frost. I just knew that something bad was going to happen and we would leave off with a cliffhanger so something like that happened just not in the way I thought um fantastic acting uh it was great I can't believe in like the last five minutes I felt so scared and like freaking out but props to Carlos because anytime he does a crying scene I want to cry he's just so good he has a pretty cry face 
and um, it, it makes you feel something. And knowing their friendship, um, it's just it's fantastic. I mean, he went in there, brought her Jello, and they were just talking like they were just being friends. And that's probably one of my favorite relationships in this show, if not my favorite. So that got to me. That was crazy, and I was like, she's not gonna die. She's not gonna die. They're gonna she's gonna be Killer Frost, and then it happens and. Yes, yes, I loved it. I love that it came out this way. Total surprise. It wasn't because someone else triggered it. It was because of an injury and she had to save herself. So what was better, her dying or her saving herself and maybe becoming Killer Frost, but also that there's a way to save her later on. Um, so I know you, Jeffrey, you don't like the fact that her powers make her evil. You think it's weird and that doesn't make any sense. So maybe they're going to try and remedy that through her arc in the next couple episodes. That maybe she'll be evil now and maybe work with Savitar. But then something's going to break through to her and then maybe she won't be evil. She won't be Killer Frost. She'll be like Lady Frost or something. Yes, um, Frosty. Yeah, she'll be Mistress Frost. I don't know, something lighter or or the ability to control her powers and they don't affect her anymore in that way. So that's what I think for her. I don't think her, her thing's going to be tragic, but I do think some things are going to happen. I don't know if she'll kill anybody, but if she does, maybe Julian. That was one of my theories oh earlier my that she would gosh. probably kill that she would kill Julian. Do you care about Julian? He's going to be the new Wells he, uh, next season. Once, they uh, said HR out. doesn't die, though. Uh, no, he's going to be the new Grumpy. You've been, uh, still trying to, you've been still trying to kill him off. If so, I wanted to... Oh my God. Brittany has said uh, that she wants that she thinks HR is gonna die. Julian's gonna die. No, HR doesn't die. Joe's gonna die. die. Iris is gonna die. Uh, I think we're understanding why Brittany can claim such a high success rate. She says everyone's going to die, and then at the end, she says, oh my God, I was right. Yeah, well, if I am right, I'd be like amazing. Brittany, he just said that you're a charlatan with predictions. I mean, I just, I, I pay attention, guys. I know a lot about foreshadowing and dialogue, so I just put that in, like, my little notebook, and I take notes. That, um, and I don't think HR is going to die. They said already that he's not going to die. So, no. I mean, the one person that I wish would die is not going to die. So there you go. And on that note, as we wait uh, an incredibly long three weeks until April 25th to find out what happens with Killer Frost and Barry traveling to the future... Uh, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, thecentralcitychronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy thanks announcer co-hosts wish the listeners a good night good night
Gambit forever! Good night, listeners. Have a frosty hiatus. Cut that Gambit microphone. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Central City Chronicle every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night.